0: Hello and welcome to this week's Accounting for the Real World. Today I'm interviewing Lorraine Griffith, who is the CEO of Connect Reading. In it we talk about the importance of local action, uh, the similarities between businesses and charities, and also how important empathy and other things that are quite hard to measure are for making a difference to the success of your organisation. I hope you enjoy it and it's well worth checking out what Connect Ready put up to. Hi Lorraine, how are you? Um, It's good to have you on the podcast. I wondered if you could tell me a little bit about yourself and what you do.
1: Uh, Sure, hi Rachel, nice to speak to you. I'm Lorraine Briffitt, I'm the MD of Connect Reading, uh, and I've been there since January last year. And what a 15 month period it has been! Absolutely, I might want to unpick that with you a bit more um, in a minute,
0: actually. Um, But I just wondered if you could tell me a little bit about Connect Reading and what it's all about.
1: Sure, Um, so it was set up originally in 2003 um, as a business community partnership, and I think during the late 90s and the early 2000s, there was a lot of awareness that businesses didn't just have to kind of occasionally have a little box that ticked CSR, but they could do good in their community, Um, and so running business community partnership uh, sprung up. And over the years, it's kind of morphed from being that specific, bring businesses and charities together so that businesses can give or interact with or work with charities, whether that's like a team to day or giving away resources or fundraising and sponsorship, um, through to how do we bring people together um, for mutual benefit? So, certainly in the last year my main thing is just let's blur the boundaries a bit because business is not just business it's you know non-profits it's business for good profit for good and then the charities are not just charities anymore you've got charities cios CICs, social enterprises non-profits and i think it's really important that people understand that each of these things has a different space uh, in terms of economical and, and kind of community impact and so our thing is bringing everybody together for mutual benefit sharing resources and learning that's really really nice way of putting it i think you're
0: right there's this sort of continuum and the landscape rather than this sort of just two worlds that are separate of charities and businesses so i suppose and um, the sort of traditional view of you know you've got businesses that are competing with each other charities who sort kind of you know, just ask for funds from you know the great and the good, or businesses, or the general public. It's quite an old-fashioned view, isn't it? And actually, yeah. more we all need each other. So, why do you think some of the benefits of working together and cooperating uh, between the different sectors uh, are?
1: Uh, well, having spent a small amount of time living in London, working in London, in very large um, companies, uh, I think philanthropy became an interesting concept that people could do to make themselves feel good then you also had people in business who were desperate to do good stuff and see the real impact of that and i think you know as we move away from that dichotomy of like business being one thing and then charities being like Oliver twist going through have class more um is is moving away from a kind of um almost like a pyramid style is is to say charities make so much difference in communities and they have so much to give and to learn um, but the same is true for business actually business can learn from charity and charity can learn from business I think so leveling the playing field for that has been has uh, been really impacting yeah
0: and of course as well as working in um, sort of a, a london-based corporate you've also run your own small business and been uh, running two charities I believe um <laughs> so how do you think from an internal point of view how do you think it compares um as a from the point of view of being the leader of those different kinds of organisations?
1: Yeah, so um, so I set up my own consultancy in the, in the middle part of 2018. Um, and I kind of stumbled into that mostly because I was doing things that I thought, actually, this is basically work and I'm doing it for free. And it would be better if I could pay something for this. Yes. Um, um, doing that, I think, uh, my entire consulting thing is around doing good with what I know. So being able to sort of share knowledge so there's, a, there's actually a bigger crossover in that. I think the way that the structure of those two organizations work, whether it's a charity or helping, having helped set up a CIC, or now working at Connect Reading as a registered charity and registered company, is it, in some senses, with businesses that are founder-led, it's often, you're selling yourself, as it were, in the, in the best and least inappropriate way possible. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and you're kind of trying to say who you are and what you know. And I think with charities, there is a similarity to that but it isn't just that you're you're kind of your your altruism goes even further as it were and i think trying to make that pay the bills in a different way in terms of like reaching your beneficiaries to the to the the best possible outcome is is a slightly different driver um but i don't think that they are as far apart as sometimes people think business and charity are
0: yeah I think you're absolutely right actually from my own experience and um, I think it's also interesting you talk about you know you're selling yourself you're doing you're doing the the work as well etc uh, as a, a sort of small business and I suppose the same applies with a small charity you know I think there is a massive cultural difference I actually think more between the size of organisations maybe sometimes than what sector you're in um, and of course there's, there's lots of things people talk about with that but I think the one thing that maybe it doesn't get emphasised enough, it's just the range of tasks that you have to do as the leader of a small organisation. So you know, you're not just doing the leadership, you're also you know, logging into the bank account, you're also you know, writing the emails, you're dealing with the IT failure if it ever happens, all of those kind of things. So how do you manage that challenge of doing all those many things while doing the other things that you do on top of that outside of work?
1: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a very good description of like, you know, the size of organization essentially dictates the, um, the breadth of tasks that you have to undertake. So as an example, I project managed a small, very, very small charity, um, a long time ago and, and it was venue management and project management. So everything from partnership building to frontline work with beneficiaries who were becoming young people through, so like running those sessions, but also then looking after the actual building itself. And that meant that when we had a leak, in the server room i climbed up rather safely across a corrugated rusted iron to then tar the roof um on, on the top of the apex building up three stories uh, but that was because it needed to be done and at that point in time it was a sunday there wasn't anyone else who was going to come out to do it because we didn't have the funds for an expensive call out um these days i'm glad to say i'm not climbing up on any roofs to do that so that's, i think those days are behind me i hope um but the breadth of task uh, I think it is hard to manage. I'll be honest, and I think it's trying to prioritise the firefighting, day-to-day stuff. With the uh, okay, actually, is an MD also doing the strategy and the direction and the planning ahead and the kind of strategic connection and kind of scoping what you see and and mapping the route forward for the organisation. Um, and I think balancing those things and, and trying to ensure that you don't end up writing business plans at 10 o'clock at night because during the day you're in meetings back to back and writing lots of emails or doing invoices or whatever. It's, it's balancing those two things and being kind to yourself when you realise you are a bit kind. Um, I've definitely found being kind to myself during COVID a little difficult because there are so many demands on your time and actually that has been magnified beyond compared to during COVID and homeschooling. Absolutely.
0: I think, I think that we've, a lot of us have found that challenge, haven't we, Of Actually, there is only a certain number of hours, and um I was thinking myself actually how I thought I was busy um you know, I used to have, try and stop describing myself as busy because I hate that word. it makes it sounds so so standoffish when you tell people you're busy, but I really yeah. did think I was quite a busy person eighteen months ago um but um yeah, I think the last twelve months has taught me that you know there really are only twenty four hours in a day and some of that time has to be spent on things that are not productive, like sleeping and looking after yourself. <laughs> as you say, um, and I suppose that's sort of you know a real lesson in prioritisation, isn't it? And um, I guess um, the other thing um, that I think the last year has brought home for me, at least, is the importance of a sense of place. And I, I've always been a a massive kind of like I describe myself as a Reading patriot. You know, I really. Um, very proud of our hometown Uh, but i think that's been brought home even more for a lot of people the last 12 months and obviously connect reading you know the clue is in the name isn't it it's all about local action and are you finding it's resonating with people more now than it was
1: um yeah i think i think people are becoming more aware of their immediate locality and partly that kind of comes down to the to the two to three mile radius of lockdowns Um, and i think Certainly, now that my eldest child has started um, at the local primary school, it grounds you in a sense of place as well when you can walk to school, when you can walk to the shop, when you can walk just to get out of the house. <laughs> you can only do that in a two mile radius. Um, yeah, I think, I think loving local, I've always been keen to sort of work and, and live in a, in a sort of relatively close bubble just because life does get busy. Um, and and, and sort of pace of life can mean that you don't necessarily make time for the things that feed back into you, whether that's just going for a walk with a mate or having a phone call, not a Zoom call, sorry. Uh, um, but it's it's the opportunity to do that in the ad hoc and making space for the ad hoc in, in mm. terms of locality that's been really important. And certainly during COVID, like I, I know that for connect Wedding and also for a lot of our um, businesses is that we've been really keen to make sure that we support local business. Because we have seen such a drain on resource in terms of people not coming into even town centres, but also little pockets of community. People have been afraid during COVID to go into a Woodley town centre, as it were. And that village feel has, has become more important because as people emerge, that's the first place they want to go. They don't want to go to sort of the bigger city because of the sort of threat and the danger and the, and the travel. And I think now, it's now that we're getting past the threat, danger, etc. And fear, hopefully, that we can see that local makes a bigger impact because you are immediately more connected because it's literally outside your door. And especially for people who have not had gardens, the idea of local and local green space, local business is just so important. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. Just the ability to walk to our local bakery and buy like bread and biscuits for the kids uh, for us has been like a really kind of important and joyous thing in the last uh, 12 months. Um, And I suppose that's a whole other topic. But one thing I did want to pick up on actually is that you talk quite a lot about things which I would describe as the unmeasurables. And I think it's really easy when you run an organisation or indeed when you're in a role like yours where you're bringing people together all the time to focus on things which are measurable, you know, how many invoices have I sent out today, have I done all my meetings, all of those kind of, you know, the, the sort of what I describe as the important but kind of like quite small micro importance, you know, it's very important that you get your admin done, it's very important that you meet with those people that you have to meet with, but then there's the other important things which are important in a different way, which are the kind of like fairly nebulous and it's harder to measure and which obviously being as i'm an accountant i'm always trying to measure stuff and and i just wondered like you talk about carving out time what what do you do how do you ensure that you do those kind of things where you can't actually say to yourself well at the end of this time i would have got this outcome but actually you know that kind of thing is really important because you're likely to get better outcomes
1: um so i would probably whittle it down to relationships so I may be doing an invoice, but that doesn't mean that your invoice email can't be personable. Um, I may be having a one-to-one meeting, but that doesn't mean that that meeting doesn't ask how the other person is and is not honest about me. So in, in the sort of the 4th of January, where you find out that kids are not going back and life does not look as you'd hoped it would be, and all the plans you put in place come crashing down in a kind of one-hour period, it was awful, Yeah, was not in a great place. And actually being able to share that experience with other people has made a massive impact in the way that it's changed my professional relationships to also have a sense of support, honesty and friendship, which I know will make an impact in the way that we work professionally in the future because we are people as well as jobs. Um, and I think to remember that is really important. And so when you come back down to relationships and the way that you relate to people, um, It changes communication and it changes the the temperature of those communications so that you can rely on them to be slightly more honest, instead of us all having a stiff upper lip and pretending everything is fine, uh, when quite clearly during COVID, it has not been fine. Um, And it gives people a sense of safety that they can be as honest back to you. Um, And I think it changes power structures too, which is really important. And and that in itself uh, can really transform communities and transform businesses to be more honest to be more relatable, to be better at communicating with each other honestly, um, in order to mean that in the future, when someone snaps at you because they've just come off the of school run and it's been a mental day already, and it's only sort of five past nine, you have better context, and therefore your working relation won't suddenly like sort of catapult into hatred <laughs> and <sort of laughs> passive-aggressive emails. It will mean that you've got the opportunity to be kind to each other, kind to yourself, and that helps your business run better. That helps your partnerships and your relationships and your strategic connections in terms of business and in of community run far more effectively.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer that you can't measure empathy but it's like it's like oxygen isn't it as soon as it's not there you realize you're missing it I think it's yeah. so important to enable you to have that relationship whether it's with a client or a supplier or just someone who you encounter in your day-to-day business I think if you treat, treat other people like people now probably it's going to work better. We do business with people, don't we? It's um, a really good point. And um, um, so, uh, Lorraine, I I know um, that uh, Connect really, you know, it's all about really practical local action. So I know, for example, my business is um, giving some Easter eggs to um, a local charity, which I'm really looking forward to. I think it's going to be great fun um, to sort of you know see them and um, and so on. And um, If people want to kind of get involved with what Connect Wedding is all about or just kind of keep in touch with you online, what's the best way to do that?
1: To be honest, the easiest thing is to head to a search engine, any are available, and basically type in Connect Wedding and you will find us on all of our platforms. But just to run down the list, on Twitter it's at ConnectRDG, on Facebook it's Connect Wedding, all one word, on Instagram it's at ConnectRDG again. And on LinkedIn, it's Connect Wedding or one Word, although normally you just search it on LinkedIn. It has two separate words. So no matter how you search it, you'll usually find us. And
0: since you are all about connections, I would have expected no less than a massive list. I'm just waiting for your TikTok channel um, to to launch. Uh, You keep waiting. (laughs) Okay, I'll keep waiting. (laughs) That's brilliant. Um, Well, thank you so much, Lorraine. Um, It's lovely to talk to you as ever, which obviously... Since what you've just said is all about that connection and that empathy, no surprise. Um, And we'll keep watching the space for your TikTok channel, but also, (laughs) more seriously, for more ways that we can connect uh, here in Reading. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks for listening to Accounting for the Real World. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.